The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Carolinas GCSA or the show sponsors. As the premier rental equipment company in North America, Sunbelt Rentals offers a highly diversified product mix including general construction equipment, industrial tools, pumps, power generation, climate control, and HVAC. Shoring solutions, scaffolding, remediation, and restoration equipment, and more. We don't have a job to do until you have a job to do. Therefore, your challenges become our challenges and your deadlines drive ours. Renting great equipment will be the easiest part of your job because we promise availability, reliability, and ease. In terms of both our people and our products, visit sunbeltrentals.com or call 1-800-667-9328 to bring more yes to your project. You're listening to Pullin' Weeds Off Course, another installment of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association official podcast with a focus on off-course industry folks and their relationships with superintendents and the Carolinas GCSA. Here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Tim Krieger. All right, everybody, we want to say thank you and welcome in to our fourth or fifth off-course episode now. I think it's kind of special that we're here today. We're actually in Georgia, and we've got some really special guests with us. Um, both Mr. Luke Sella, the executive director of the We One Foundation, and the Midwest chapter, is that correct, of the GCSAA? That's right. All right, and then we've also got Mr. Greg Burleson, formerly of Augusta Country Club, who is now on the national board for the We One Foundation and in Wade Hampton Golf Club, which is back in the Carolinas. So um, we're actually at a We One event for the Georgia folks today. But um, Greg, Luke, thank you and welcome. Thank you, Tim. Good to be here. Thanks for being at our event today. Oh, lucky to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. We appreciate You're the one who got the Travel of the Year Award there, Luke. How far did you have to ride in from? You know, Flying. I, I flew. I flew. I didn't drive. Uh, well, drove partway from the airport to here, but... Uh, Chicago? Is that right? Correct. Is that home for you? It is. Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you for making the trip down. Do You you don't make it to all the We One events around the country, do you? I try to get to uh, each one probably every other year if I can't do it every year. I uh, can't imagine. I mean, you're, you're like me. You've got an executive director role as a chapter as well. You're certified, right? Former Gulf Course superintendent certified? Correct. Correct. I, uh, I was a superintendent for about 10 years before I started to manage the associations. Good all right, Alan. You. He, can, he can talk the talk. Uh, I, I, I just BS the talk in the walk thing, but Luke, <clears throat> Luke gets the agronomy side. Well, let's uh. fill everybody in on what the WE Foundation is, if you don't mind. Sure. So the WE One Foundation uh, was founded in 2004. It was aptly named after Wayne Otto. He was a golf course superintendent, a uh, long time uh, in the industry, had uh, become ill. And uh, his friends got together to, to raise funds for him to seek uh, alternative treatment outside of this country. And he ended up succumbing to uh, cancer. Uh, and it was shortly thereafter the group got together um, to, you know, I think more of a catharsis for him and just being uh, close friends. They had some monies left over. They didn't know what to do with it. And eventually another superintendent became ill. And they thought, you know what, we need to help him. Um, and that's about 180 families ago. Wow. So the We One Foundation is really just helping um, families with medical needs on the, the 
turf side? Is that Correct. What you'd say? The superintendent, uh, the superintendent side, side. So uh, golf. We, we say if you look at our mission, it's a golf course management professionals. So people in on the on the turf side and management positions. Um, so or their family. Um, well, I know it's had an amazing so. impact here in the Carolinas, and as you've heard us say for years, we've got some board members that are here today, and it's on us as an association to kind of do our part and i think we're a little bit lagging behind for the folks in georgia and what they've been able to accomplish so maybe greg why don't you tell us how it got all started in georgia and why and in your role because i know that you've helped raise gosh tens of thousands of dollars now well i it's, it's a team of guys and gals here that have that have helped me but uh i got started because i had a, a, a dear friend that uh i met in 1986 that got uh, diagnosed with stage four uh, colon cancer and uh uh i found out about the we won through alan corbin huh and uh so we were we were able thanks to alan corbin's help to uh contact the we won and they were uh gracious enough to give joe durden some money he oh, yeah. he was uh in at westlake country club in augusta georgia and uh it felt really good and uh you know it's great to give away money and it's impactful to see uh their response and their emotions and their gratefulness whenever they they get that that check so uh it made an impact on me and then you know uh luke reached out to me and and asked me to serve on their foundation board uh i'm thankful for that Uh, i think luke was trying to grow the foundation in another part of the country besides the midwest and uh you know hopefully georgia's been been good at doing that and you know hopefully we can continue to grow this part of the country because it's it's really strange how many people still don't know about the we won even though we they, they we we advertise in periodicals and you know uh tv and they're part of early order programs where you can donate some money you know from rebates and things but uh we still got to get the message out that the we one's there to help people in need in the golf course business well that's what we're kind of hoping to do today um this little podcast we pulled together has has grown substantially in the last 10 11 months more so than we thought reaching i don't know thousand if you will plus people in episodes so uh with us not only being here today in person with you guys being here we thought it was important especially because we're going to tie this together with an off course episode that we're going to launch tomorrow morning with uh, the ceo of simplot who's one of our sponsors of our regular series um that we do with superintendents at the first of the month and so this is an off-course episode that will air on the 15th. But selfishly, uh, I, it's had an impact on my life as well. Um, I haven't received a gift, but I've been a part of a couple of gifts that have been given. And uh, I jokingly say with Mr. Bagwell that uh, when I filled out the application for his wife that there was um, a little fine print in there that he didn't realize, or nor I, that he would once save my life. And he did one day, literally. And so... Um, I've got the God bumps as we speak, as Billy calls them at our show last year. But uh, it's been an amazing process to watch. This year in particular, we uh, put an application in for a young man named Michael Hayes who had some challenges with some blood cancer and some things of that nature. Uh, Mr. Connolly filled out an application, and then we get on the phone and to find out that not only is Mr. Hayes going to receive an award, but also Mr. Engel, who um, kind of started our introduction to all this Gosh, Luke, was that been nine years ago now, maybe, that he got uh, his first been a while. grant? Yeah. Aiden yeah, is I, almost... I think so. Aiden is probably 13 now. So Brandon is the golf course superintendent at the Country Club of Asheville, was at Sage Valley, and before that he was at Limble Ridge. 
And uh, the Smith family at Smith Turf and I uh, had an opportunity to, when we found out that his young son was having some challenges, tried to send him to Disneyland. Wrote an article in the magazine, and the We One picked up on that, and uh, unbeknownst to us, started helping the family. And so from that point on, it's just been an integral relationship. Luke and I had met through our executive director sessions, and so I think it's important that the people understand that listen to this, the impact that the We One has on our industry. I think we would be remiss. Thank you for the great time today. It was a fun day. And Chuck Conley, thank you, and Tim Grieger and Trent Bouts. How can someone donate to the We One Foundation? Oh, it's as simple as just going to weone.org and making a donation online. Um, but I think it goes beyond that. It goes towards you know taking a look at the the sponsors that we have that are out there supporting them. Um, you know, when we do have events, attend the events. Um, you know. I, I oftentimes just just you know send the message that the the foundation is just um, you know a way for others to help each other in this industry. Um, we're here, and that's 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 all we are. Um, because you know every time I travel to an event, um, no matter where it is, it's the same people that are there um, that are generous, that realize that you know they've got some gifts, and and they're blessed in a lot of different ways, and and some people aren't, and. Um, I do truly believe that, that what we do makes a difference, but it's all of us together. It's not just one person. And everybody seems to have that same attitude that you, you never know when you're going to get sick. You never know when you're going to get ill. Uh, and it hits you, and it can be all-encompassing. Um, and I've heard the story time and time again, the people that we've helped. I never thought it would happen to me. And all of a sudden it did, and I didn't, uh, you know, know where to go or what to do. And, and somebody made a, a request on my behalf, and, and what, what, had, what happened, it truly made a difference. It relieved some stress. And that's kind of been the, our mantra for so long. It, it helps to relieve that stress or some of the stress associated with, with medical care in our country today. And I, and I find that this association is a, not this association, but this, this profession of golf course superintendent uh, is a very giving profession, uh, whether it's giving your time, a pat on the back, additional volunteer help, whatever it might be. We all seem like we're, we're just old friends every time we get together. You know, I don't see Chuck much, but uh, I see his photo all over the place. You know, he's, he's worldwide, but we see him enough. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. but but I mean, when when we do see each other again, it's like we just saw each other, you know, at the gas station last weekend or something. I mean, it's 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 family, and I think we want is a way to kind of, uh, you know, get all those funds going in one direction to to one common purpose. So that's what I like about the we want. I mean, it's it's got to be a good feeling job for you to make people to help people in tough circumstances i mean for all of us to be a part of it but i would think a daily job would be oh there's nothing better you know uh some days there's it's it's hard when you hear the stories and the things that that people are going through um but then you know when you get a phone call or you get a a letter written in a, a child's hand uh that comes to your desk and you know, you can't scan that fast enough and send it out to, to the people that, that helped out and made the difference. It, it truly is amazing. That's awesome. It's phenomenal. I will tell you, I, I worked for a foundation once, and, and it was for junior golf, and we would give scholarships, and people may or may not ever know the behind the scenes and what goes on and when they receive a gift, don't know who to thank, et cetera. And, it, and at times, I dare say, it can be thankless. 
Um, and in this environment, I'd say it's a little bit different because you do get to know the people one-on-one because of the stories. And I can speak of five personally that have impacted not only the Carolinas or Georgia, but those people that we know, like you say. It's amazing. I, I, I find myself in the same situation like you, you bring up, Greg, with, you know, we see these folks just a couple times, but we feel them like family. And to hug your wife today and, you know, to share the fact that, you know, like she says, I love you. And it, and it means a lot, you know, um, because it's genuine. And I think those feelings are there. You know, we've seen each other, I think, seven times now. And, <laughs> and, and every time it's a more warm embrace. And I think it's because we're all trying to give back to folks who, who are in, in tremendous need at this point in time. And so you're not keeping count. That was seven. Well, it's just because on, on occasion number five, I, I may or may not have remembered exactly that that was Greg's wife and just a woman volunteering and didn't give her the appropriate hug. So I felt uh, very guilty today okay. and made sure that she knew ahead of time that I remembered her. So that's well, just how I keep up with it. But. This was an awesome event, and I think you guys need to do something in the Carolinas. Well, thanks, Al. Um, <laughs> we do too. Yeah, put, put them, them in the hot. Seat. I like that. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna help. Uh, we're gonna call on Greg. That's why we're we're sitting here talking today. <laughs> For all of our folks around the Carolinas, I think it's time that we don't know what the right answer is. Um, but I'd like to work with you guys. Uh, I think our association would, and to find something where maybe since Georgia's every other year, yes, that the Carolinas could could fall in the alternate spots, and so therefore there could be some consistency to the foundation because I I think one of the challenges for we one is they want to be able to give to when people need but it's hard when you're in a foundation role to understand the incomes every year and if you have planned events it makes it a little bit easier knowing that i don't know how much we raise here today at least 15 20 30,000 dollars uh, over 21,600 <sighs> in a one day event and so that's that's the Georgia group so for you guys planning it could be 2 years for you to bank on maybe 20 grand from a budget perspective but if we in the carolinas can insert ourselves in those off years, it makes it easier for you guys to plan to know that that's potentially two more families that could get help sure. during that year as well. So, I want to give Alan. you kudos on the selection of the site here. I've never been played golf in Georgia. I don't believe I have played golf in Georgia at one <laughs> little, one significant club. But Thompson, tell Georgia. everybody where you played, Alan. Just get the <laughs> elephant out of the room. Yeah, I met Arnold Palmer that day. He was a member. I only got to meet Lou Holtz when I was there, but thank you. Yes, yeah, 2010. We were at your. We were at your next door neighbor's spot. So Bell Mead, I I enjoyed this place. This place was good. The greens and the surrounds were as good as it gets. I want to come back. How did y'all end up here? I'll make sure the superintendent gets that message. Please do. Um, Well, the superintendent reached out to me after playing in this event last time. He wasn't Two years ago, he wasn't at this facility, but he came to this facility about a year and a half ago and uh, said that they'd like to host this event. And it's a special circumstance because – uh, the Knox Foundation, which is a big foundation headquartered here in Thompson. Jeff Knox? Uh, this is kind of... I've known Jeff through the amateur ranks when he's playing the amateur qualifiers, the U.S. Open, stuff like that, you know, in the SCGA. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, who is, is the, the famous marker at Augusta National? Gotcha. This is where he grew up playing golf. Oh, is what it really? I understand. His dad built this golf course for him. Wow, it used to be nine awesome. holes. This nine holes out here that out by the road was built, don't quote me, but sometime in the 60s, the other nine, maybe sometime in the 80s. Huh. But this is where he grew up playing golf. So the Knox Foundation is looking for ways to give back. Right. right. So uh, they offered this course to us for no charge. Beautiful. And uh, everything that we make goes to the We One Foundation because – 
Knox Foundation is basically paying all the expenses. Well, kudos to the so Knox Foundation. Why, why, why would we not come to a facility right. like this if they're going to participate like that? You won't get much things putting better than this, I don't believe. Well, that's great. Yeah. I'll pass that along. We had to chip a little bit, too. It's ch- you know, the, the grass is tight around the greens. I don't want to admit the chipping. but Right, right. We didn't win, folks. Just get it out of the way, Alan. We had fun, though. We weren't at the bottom of the pack, but we and sure this way. don't have a trophy. I'm coming back here and play my own ball, not just Captain's Choice. Nice. Nice. Hope you pay greens fees this time. And, and I was glad it was close to the state line of where y'all can travel. And, it was, you yes, know, sir. and participate yep. as well. So we look at those signs. Yeah, we're hour forty five. Chuck from just hand gestured. You shot ninety one today, Alan, and it was a captain's choice event. <laughs> truth is, <laughs> the truth is, I never hold a ball today. In eighteen holes, my ball never found the bottom of the cup. <laughs> we let Alan putt first, just so we'd know which way not to go. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, real quick uh, before we get to Mr. Lofto. This is just kind of a generic question we ask everybody. What's the first car you drove? Oh, Luke. The first car I drove? Yeah. 1977 Chevy Impala. It had a single window in the back curved. It was sweet. Do you still have it? What no, color? I wish I did, though. We get that Funny story. Time. So can I tell you a quick story about it? Yeah, what we're in no hurry. All right, so yeah. I was driving down uh, 290 Eisenhower Expressway. It's five lanes aside, And um, I had a canoe on top. I was going to Michigan to go fishing. And it died. Couldn't open the hood to, you know, because the canoe was there to jump it. And, man, I'm sitting there. I had this little prayer card up there that I used to touch when I couldn't get it started, and I'd rub that thing. <laughs> All of a sudden, I tweaked it. Bam. Fired right up, and there I was. But I had people going past me probably for 15 minutes just yelling and screaming at me, every obscenity there was in the book. And I was, yeah, what can you do? But that was my 77 Impala. So you reached a prayer, prayer card? card. Uh, it went with the car. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I well, figured that person could use it, right? Without question. How about it? I, you know, say, it, 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 it had to stay with it. Right. On. So that's what happened. Now, did, you, yeah. did it come with the explanation that says, now, nah, <laughs> well, let me tell you. The road, <laughs> yeah. you need to reach up. No, don't worry about the title. The important part is his prayer card. Yeah. I'm guessing it was cherry red. What do you think it was? I, I'm thinking some kind of a lemony color, but go ahead. What color it was it? It was about the color of your shirt. I would say a cornflower, <laughs> cornflower blue. It's called Free RBC Heritage when I wear it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so. Uh, Mine was a 68 Plymouth Satellite. With with bench seating, that was good for dating. I love bench seating, Yeah, bench seating. It was a green color, not quite as ugly as Chuck's shirt. But uh, (laughs) 68 Plymouth Satellite. It's a box-type car. Right. So not Have very aired on Has your dynamic. current wife ever been in that vehicle? She has. The Impala had those triangle windows they don't have anymore. That was the air conditioning, right? You just the open you those could, things up and yeah, yeah you oh, could yeah, blow yeah, that yeah, air yeah, right yeah, on you yeah. now. Not very fuel efficient, but That's the whole car was, was not smoking, fuel efficient. Yeah, well, right. my smoking. dad would never let me open that one on our Bronco because he says you can never get it closed back again, and <laughs> yeah. i got to sell this thing a couple years from now. I'm like, how could we never get yeah. to use the triangle window? <laughs> right. Well, Jim, Alan, what was your first car? You've never answered that on an episode. Why don't you handle that while we're here with some friends? It was a 1982 Subaru uh, stick shift that I bought for my youth minister at church for $1,000. Was it a brat? No, it was Remember a great thing. Yeah, that was like a small pickup truck. Yeah, it was. Yeah, with the, no, with the, with right. the seats was, pointing backwards. Yeah. yeah. I probably had about the same window you had in yeah. your thing. but uh, I could use one of those now. The Brat? 
Oh they my need gosh, to bring them back. Awesome about at the Hunt Club. Yeah. Put the kids the in the back, right around instead of the it's, a, it's an El Camino. My man, it's a glorified yeah, it's El, like Camino, El Camino, right? Camino. Everybody says that about that car. Oh, I could really use one of those, but no one really <laughs> wants to drive one of those. Well, the problem I have is that Hap, my old boss, who's now retired from the Golf Association, his big deal was he's got an El Camino, right? And so I say to myself, well, there's no way I'll ever own one now. I can't go down that road. You want one, don't but you? The, I do. I kind of want the Ranchero, but the Brat now. I could leave it at the hunt club, let it get wet and moldy and nasty, and the kids could ride it. That'd be perfect. You could pay it off in a year. You could pay it off El Camino in a year. I would hope that I could buy one outright, much less making payments on one, Alan. But thanks for the, thanks for the shout out there, bud. If, if he could get financed, right? That's the big question. Yeah, if he could get financed. financing is right, definitely right, up around 6 right. or 8% now. So, Oh, geez. Gentlemen, thank you all for having us here. Thank you for coming on Pulling Weeds Off Course. Thank you for being here. We won foundation. Well, let's let's give them a minute. Let's let's give it a serious close. Um, we've taken up some of your time. I know you guys have been here at a tournament all day. You need to get home. We've all got longer commutes, but that's not the excuse. Greg, tell somebody out there as a board member what's why support we won. Give them a plug. Oh boy, uh, it just feels good to to help people and uh, know that. Your money is going directly to the We One, which that money will go directly to somebody in need. So, I mean, it just if it, you know if it, if you have it in your heart to to give back to the association, I can't think of a better way to do it. In, in any level, right, Luke? I mean, right. we can go as low as five, ten bucks. Sure, oh, that's all right. the way up and, to and a, a, mem- a, year. And a membership seventy five dollars a year. So, you know, you can go to We One dot org and join for seventy five dollars. I'd say incorporate it into your continuing education budget, guys. If you have any way, shape, or form at the clubs that you're at. Just go ahead and add the 75 bucks a year on and um, just know that you're doing the right thing to help some families. Luke, how about you? Just keep an eye out. You know, uh, when you see we won, uh, acknowledge it, whether it's at an event or a buying program, purchasing program, um, an advertisement, whatever it is. Um, beyond that, I would say if you know somebody that uh, needs help, uh, don't assume that, that the We One Foundation knows. Uh, it's easy enough to go to our website. There's a benevolence form there. You can download it, fill it out, send it back. Uh, we've got a great committee that will go through it and you know verify and make sure that there's a need. Our industry is small enough. It's a, a, a close knit group when when it boils down to it. And um, you know we all think that the the foundation knows about everyone. We don't. So don't assume. Um, you know, even if we get duplicates, that's okay. We just need to make sure that, you know, if we have money, money's in the bank, and there's somebody in need, we get it to that person or family. And it's not just, guys, it's, it's not – these are significant funds. From what I understand from insurances these days and the challenges you're in, these are hopefully enough to be able to get your family back on track and to be able to help you – uh, overcome all the challenges that you're going through at the time because as somebody who's lived through it I can tell you it's not easy and no you don't ever expect that that's going to be your day um, we're all invincible folks don't ever think that you're not and so without the we one I don't know where a lot of folks in our industry would be right now and I want to thank you on behalf of all the members of the Carolinas and Georgia in fact all the folks around the country who have benefited from it um, over a million 180 families folks take a time Go back. Go to wee1.org. Fill out the benevolence form. Join. 75 bucks a year. Hell, I don't care. Send me your expense form back to the Carolinas. We'll take care of it if you need to. It, it's, it means that much to all of us. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, we're going to get to Garrett Lofto, which was recorded months ago. And i got to put a disclaimer on this before we leave. Before Can you we... say disclaimer three times real fast? Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. No W's in there. It was good. 
uh, this was kind of a weird interview, man. We got thrown into a room, and Tim actually abandoned me halfway through this interview, and I was very nervous. I think I, uh, I could have used a few scotches to calm me down, but... Uh, Big Al was the size of a leprechaun during this interview, folks, all right? He's now back to full Al, Big Al-sized, and a lot more confident. So, in short, what he's trying to say is you're going to hear some discrepancies between the growth from month one to yeah, month ten in Big Al. It's definitely month one. I cut my man off. I didn't let him give answers. So He's just the CEO of a big company around the country. What did you know? Exactly. Let's find out what he has to say, folks. Thank you all. Simplot Turf and Horticulture is one of the leading turf and ornamental distributors in the United States. We share your passion for these markets and to your success. While our roots in this industry started in the western United States, we are dedicated to bringing that same high level of customer service and product quality to you as we have demonstrated out west. Our mission is to provide you, our valued customer, with a level of trust, service, and support that is unequaled in this industry. Simplot Turf and Horticulture, bringing Earth's resources to life. Welcome. Wait, what happened? Nothing. Just making sure we were rolling. Why you scare me like that? Uh, I'd like to. So we have 20 years worth of banter. That, oh, dear. Sorry. Yeah. Not a problem. It may. It's like Jeff and I. Okay, good. Now, how long have you two known each other? 26 years. 25 years. How long have you been with the company? 27 years. Yeah. Who hired who? Uh, neither of us. <laughs> I did work for him for a long time. Yeah. So, actually I, 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 actually, I worked for him for a long time. <laughs> so, this sounds like, Alan, you need to take the two of them and I'll get out and let them. No. And you just no. Yeah. We, we got to work together for a long period of time. It was fantastic. Nice. So. All right. Well, hey, how about a big <coughs> thanks to our, uh, our partners in this podcast and Simplot. And we are here today at... Um, Chattanooga Golf and Country Club, which I got to tell you is a phenomenal place. I had no clue until we pulled in the parking lot. But we are here with the CEO of Simplot. What a unique opportunity here, Alan. So why don't you take over from this point in time and give us some introductions and the first peppered question. The first peppered question. Well, first of all, thank you for taking the time for being here and allowing us up here. Garrett Lofto, thank you for uh, having us here and, and taking some time with us and coming to the East Coast. Welcome. Appreciate it. I know you're not here long. You're jet-setting a little bit, but... We're, we're moving. That's what we're doing, but we're very happy to be here. So, my, where are you off to tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow, I'm off to India and Malaysia. We're, we're looking as a part of our food business. So, you're going to start your day giving a presentation at Chattanooga Country Club and end your day with some, I don't know, some spicy food? It, it might be. By Friday, I'll be there. Well, I'm glad you said that because <clears throat> when we first... Breach the subject of this podcast and Simplot being a uh, sponsor, I immediately went and searched and did my research with Simplot and ended up in a rabbit hole down your potato line. And yes. I, I mean, the, the styles of potatoes you can, you can order. And so I'm in Raleigh at a, at a Sheraton at a, at a, or maybe Marriott at a dinner. And it was definitely one of your spiral fries. And I, and I just looked at it the night before there and I said, that's a Simplot fry. Earlier yesterday, we're at the old timey meat market in Columbia getting a month's worth of steaks and my wife goes look simplot there were some potatoes in the freezer section we need uh we need to try those out that is so. cool it's a it's a new sidewinder fry is what we've uh we've labeled it as far as the 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 fry itself it's a patented process that right. allows us to make a certain cut that's basically one of the newer cuts 
basically the newest cut in the in the French fry industry, and it's really gaining a lot of traction across the United States. I Does that tell- keep them from getting all balled up into that circle curly Q thing? Well, it actually is a thicker yeah, cut, a, is what it is. So like it's, it's not as tight as a, a curly fry. And uh, so like the, na- the name states, Sidewinder, it really yeah. looks like that. So it's yeah. good, too. It pretty amazing. Good, uh, like I said, I, I, we were in the meat market, and I immediately texted him, and he said, you never would have noticed that. You know, the Simplot just jumped out at me. And the logo, I do love the logo. Where does the name come from? So the Simplot name actually comes from the Simplot family. So we're we're owned by a we're a private company owned by the Simplot family based out of Boise, Idaho. And Mr. Simplot started the company back in 1929, and and basically ran the company for gener- for for a long period of time. And now uh, the next generation has taken over, and we're actually having the third and fourth generation come into the business as well. Wow, that's so awesome. the family is still involved. Absolutely. The family is involved on a daily basis. We have access. That's the unique thing about our company is that we have access to the family at any given time. And, and they're absolutely passionate about agriculture and food and, and what we do. And so it makes it easy to, to have them a part of it and gain that access because they're always intrigued with what our employees are doing. All right. I'm going to hit him with another one then. Okay. How about for those of us with complete ignorance to Simplot? And I say that in a, in, a, in a polite way. We just don't know. We're in the southeast. Give our listeners an opportunity who maybe don't know the story of Simplot. Maybe tell us where you went from, if I'm not mistaken, like you say, an agricultural family-oriented company to now selling across the world and turf and ornamentals and you name it. Yeah. Uh, the Simplot Company is actually a company that operates at the intersection of agriculture, science, and technology. And what we're best known for, Mr. Simplot actually started way back in 1929 and, and developed his business. And we're known for feeding the troops in World War II, uh, de- dehydrated products. And then what we really actually, um, I would say, took that next step was the invention of the frozen French fry. And so in the 1950s, we invented the uh, company scientists invented the frozen French fry. And then Mr. Simplot uh, convinced Ray Kroc of McDonald's to actually bring the frozen French fry to his restaurant chain. So in the in the late 1960s is when our company was supplying, began supplying McDonald's with frozen French fries and expanded the, the business. And what was unique about Mr. Simplot is, is he always loved to leverage or look at different aspects of the business. So he said, okay, I've got these potatoes, I've got frozen French fries, and ultimately in, in, in terms of that, I need to, to have that raw material going in. So how about if I get into the fertilizer business so I can grow more potatoes to grow more French, more, you know, more uh, French fry uh, capacity. And then from there it became, okay, well, I've got all these French fry peels now, so what can I do with those? Well, let's get into the livestock business. So today we operate two feedlots um, with a one-time holding capacity, about 250,000 head. We're right in the beginning of the calving process right now. We'll calve 30,000 mother cows uh, over the next few months, and, and ultimately we'll run a lot of land to support those, those animals is what we do. And then we're heavily involved in the agricultural side. And so what I mean by that is we start all the way at the mine in some some parts of our business we mine phosphates where phosphates are core to us Uh, it's a non-renewable resource it's a resource we have to steward but we begin there and then we go all the way through from the the fertilizer processing side to the application to on the fields at grow at the grower level not just on our fields but 
around uh, through a retail system across uh, Western North America. And then we also go through all the way into the food processing and into the food retail system, depending on where you are in the world as well. So we'll operate, we'll participate uh, in the marketplace, depending on the segment, over about 50 or 60 different countries is what we'll sell into, but we'll have main operating facilities in seven countries around the world. That is an amazing company. And I have I wanted, so many questions all of a sudden. I know. But where are the farms? The, the farms are, so we, we've got about 100,000 acres of irrigated agriculture, and those farms are mainly in Idaho, Washington, and Oregon. We have land in, in Nevada as well, and, and we have a lot, and Oregon, as far as from a lot of grazing permits and so forth. Um, but when it comes down to the main agricultural portion, it's going to be in the basin of, of Washington, and then also in uh, Idaho. Right. Can I volunteer to do varmint hunting on the land? For you, you absolutely. You, oh, you, you, uh, you, we do have job descriptions that are literally cowboy uh, <laughs> because we need them because they are, they are really keeping our animals safe and in a healthy state. All right. Well, wow. let's segue back to the beard real quick so he knows on episode two of the podcast, we had some challenges come out. And so Alan does a Big Al's Emporium. It's like a used car salesman bit. And we have a five-minute segment from our show, but we have to have 500 followers on Twitter, correct? Before yep. we release and we're, that, we're getting pretty close. We're, we are getting 100 close. away or so. But uh. and when we get to a thousand subscribers on this podcast, is when I'm allowed to shave this beard. Oh, okay. So yeah, it is getting I'm long. Not looking yeah. so attractive at this point, but we are striving hard, and we're hopefully your influence will take us over the top. Um, no, all jokes aside. And then at 2,500. Uh, subscribers, Alan is going neck up, completely shaven. Oh, okay. Like ears, nose, okay. head, everything. So I need to come back to know, see that. My wife and kids <laughs> do not want me to do that. But I want to say kudos to your website and whoever built that website. It flows as far as, like I said, going down the rabbit hole of being able to do all the drop down, the French fries that I spent probably 30, 40 minutes in, or your turf products, uh, the grasses and the and the. Thirteen, twelve, one. You know the phosphate. The correct. I, I'm not the agricultural guy. The, we just had a discussion on what those three numbers okay. meant for Alan. Already. The last one. Yes. N P and K. Yes. Right. So. Uh, yes. But it's just very well done. As a technology guy, I want to give you kudos for a beautiful well, web page. What's your goal um, entering the marketplace in the Carolinas? Obviously, we've got a new partnership with you all. Um, there's been a sales force that's been. Uh, developing for the last six months, I guess, maybe, with uh, Campbell and uh, Cox and Wes Hart here in the Carolinas. Um, you guys are hosting this regional meeting for a number of superintendents in the southeastern U.S., but um, for our listeners here in the Carolinas, what can they expect out of Simplot, and, and you know, what's, what's the rationale, if you will, to, to do business in this area? So when it comes to our company, we're extremely committed to the customer, and, and when I use that word committed, um, we look at things over the long term. Being privately held, we can look at things over generations, and literally we do as a family, as a discussion. I can say yesterday we were, I was in a meeting with the family, and we're talking about what do things look like 10, 20, 30, 40 years out in different areas of our investments. And so we have that capability to look long term. So the commitment of when we enter a new geography is something that we, we take very seriously. And so I think it's very important what we'd want you to know is that we're here and we're, we're here to stay. For us, it's about being relevant with the customer. So how can we actually utilize the knowledge of our workforce, the talent that we've got across our company, heavily involved in that whole agricultural complex, and how can we actually link ourselves together to harvest more power out of our people to bring more and deliver more solutions to our customer base? And that's what we're really focused on, having very strong relationships with suppliers, 
innovation at the same time is something that's very important to us as a company. Quite frankly, Jeff and I get measured on innovation on an annual basis. And so something that we can always try to stay ahead and bring something unique to our customer base so that we're always relevant in their eyes. Man, that's awesome. I've been through a number of employment contracts. How do you measure innovation? Uh, it's it can be challenging, is that but a whole ultimately, new podcast? Uh, it is a whole new podcast. I think so. When it comes to innovation, it actually we have our business groups present their innovations for a year that go in front of a, a select committee and basically get rated in terms of where we feel we 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 actually were successful in our innovations over the year. We also actually talk about failures because if you're not failing at, at things, you're not taking enough risk. And so ultimately, for us, we measure all of those things, look at it, and. Uh, and have a, an avenue of measurement for, for the innovation process. I don't know about you, Alan, but it's, it seems like an, an exciting place to work. I'm blown away. I mean, I love, I couldn't love, I didn't think I could love Simplot anymore, but obviously I do now. So he, on the last episode, he, he decided that he wanted to start naming the grasses that you guys produce, and I was trying to explain <laughs> I that. I was going I said, through the website, and I, <laughs> I like, think they're just distributing the grass seed, I but said, we um, can I rename could be this. wrong. So there might be some naming opportunities there for you down the road, Alan. But, but Tim, yeah, no, we actually we Jeff can talk to you about uh, Jeff Rustler can talk to you a lot about grass seed, uh, having led that business for a lot of years. But we right, definitely well, start at the beginning. Year, and why don't we let Jeff come in, sit down, and wrap this thing up, and have a few po- proper questions between uh, Jeff and okay. yourself? How about that? We can share this mic. Come on. No, no, hop in. You're good. You're in the hot seat now. Okay. You ready? You bet. Can I, can I name some grasses? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, sure. Uh, what's, what's coming to talk on what? I don't know. I was really, like I said, I was going through the website and just the, the presentation, and some of them had kind of cool name, you know, something flashy or catchy and, uh, or gimmicky almost, and some were just regular bluegrass or what have you. But uh, how long have, how long have you, you said, let's talk about, let's bring both of y'all back together where we kind of had the off-camera conversation. How long you two have been with Simplot Total? Yeah, and I've been with Simplot for 29 years now. Wow. So I think Garrett gave a little bit of overview of the business, and I started out actually on the wholesale fertilizer side of the business and more recently been working with some of our diversified businesses, including our T&O businesses. And you got to help me out. I don't know T&O, turf and... Turf and ornamental. Gotcha. So when you started... Back in the day, 29 years ago, was it mainly to farmers or was it turf and ornamental? Actually, I started out on the supply chain side working with our phosphate plants. So I was doing some supply planning, you know, mapping demand with supply and working pretty close coordination with our phosphate production facilities. So I kind of got to learn the business, at least with our agribusiness group from the ground up. Wow. When did you get into the turf and ornamental? Um, That was about in 2009. Okay. Yeah, and, and back to Garrett and ours history together, when he became the president of agribusiness, I took over some of his previous responsibilities in the turf and horticulture businesses. Gotcha. I, I want to say a, I know a couple of your hires in the, in the Simplot uh, local area as far as salesmen, and you got some good ones. You picked, I, I feel like you probably cherry-picked. Y'all were able to come in and get the best ones, but Jim, Jim Young from Columbia Country Club, I hated to see him go, but I'm happy for him. He seems very happy, you know, working with you guys. And then... Wes Hart, I remember Wes from a long time ago, uh, when I was probably about 20 years ago. So, Well, we strongly believe that the higher level of talent that you have, the higher level of, of problems that you're going to be able to solve and, and yeah. ultimately create new ideas for our, for our customers. And so it was really very focused in terms of making sure when it comes down to it that we're hiring the right people from a capability standpoint, but also cultural fit. And you can tell that. You yeah. can honestly tell that. Um, 
Yeah, we, we end all the interviews, including when we assembled the Southeast team with, are they a Simplot person? Right, and I, I, can, I can tell that. Yeah. And, uh, uh, are you traveling as well overseas? I am not. Okay, you're no. going to stay here for tomorrow? I'll go back to the home base tomorrow in okay. Boise and uh, plenty of work to do there. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, McDonald's French fries, do you eat them? Absolutely. This They're the absolutely the mac fries, absolutely fantastic French fry. And I hate to be a huge, just a, a marker, a big fan, but th there's no doubt McDonald's fries are the best fries in the world. And, and then I come to find out you guys made them and it's just very impressive. I mean, the whole story is simplot, and I can't thank y'all enough for doing what you do in the golf industry. And uh, I like the attitude, the way you come in, you, you, you tackle an area and you really let them know you're here and, and you're going to be here. Like you said, you're not going anywhere. And uh, good products. You've got such a line of products, too. Is there anything you don't sell? Well, I'm sure there's something we okay. don't sell. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, I think we have a, as far as our, our golf course supplies, yeah, I think we have a pretty full offering of the product lines. That yeah, and there's no doubt. Competitive. I'm telling you, it's, uh, yeah. it's a lot I don't know about, you know, reading all these, these different chemicals and such. And, and when Tim and I were talking about, I said, maybe the packaging we can, because even the packaging looks good on the website. And. He said, yeah, but when your superintendent's getting a 500-pound truck of it, I said, you never know. I said, if you painted it big, they would do it. So <laughs> my ideas are always off the wall a little bit. No, he that's has, good. He that's has what to you need sometimes. Yeah, so. Well, gentlemen, thank you. I know you've got some things to get back to, and uh, I can't thank you enough. Tim, thanks you, and I look forward to working more with Simplot. Thank appreciate you very you much. Time. Appreciate it. Okay, everybody, thank you. I appreciate it. In conclusion here, you've heard from uh, Luke Sella. You've heard from our friend Greg Burleson. Um, you've heard a little bit from Alan and I about the We One. You've also heard from the CEO of Simplot, Mr. Garrett Lofto. Uh, I think the most important thing I can do at this point in time is I'm going to take a few minutes and I'm going to read a letter from Mr. Michael Hayes that was given on behalf of thanks for the We One Foundation. Uh, our inventor, Mr. Chuck Connolly, applied for this foundation, applied to this foundation for a grant on behalf of Mr. Michael Hayes. Michael's a very good member of ours here in the Carolinas. And my personal take on Michael is every time you see me smiling. So uh, I'd just like to go ahead and take a moment and, and read this so that everybody can understand the impact of the We One Foundation. Dear Greg, I understand the We One Foundation fundraiser in Georgia is just around the corner. I want to take a brief moment to pass along this note so that you can convey my story to, and thanks to the participants and the sponsors of the golf tournament. In late August of 2018, I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma cancer after struggling with some health issues. After appropriate blood tests and body scans were done, the cancer was confirmed at stage three of three. The next few months crept by slowly and I underwent a couple of hospitalizations, radiation treatments, and infusions. I responded well to the treatments and once we got the myeloma numbers down in my blood, my team and I were able to focus on a more aggressive treatment by setting up for an autologous stem cell transplant in February of this year. Whereas I had been able to do my initial treatments in Boone, about 40 minutes from the house, stem cell transplants would have to be done farther from home in Charlotte at the Levine Cancer Center. To make a long story short, my healthy stem cells were harvested in late January, frozen, and then introduced to my body in February during an extended stay in a hospital in Charlotte. The transplant went well, my blood work numbers improved steadily, and I was discharged with flying colors. Still had to recover in Charlotte, but to my delight, my wife's as well, I was able to recover in a hotel, not a hospital, just close by in case of an emergency. After a few days in the hospital, I had a surprise visit by Tim Krieger, Executive Director of the Carolinas, and Chuck Connolly, Director of the Carolinas. 
After visiting briefly with Tim and Chuck, I was taken aback when these two fine friends presented me with a check from the We One Foundation. Once presented with a check from the We One Foundation, my emotions could not be contained and the tears flowed freely from my eyes. My peers can attest that I am rarely speechless, but I was speechless at this time. I had heard of the one We One and somewhat familiar with their, wish, with their mission, but I did not know how far out into the industry that their mission reached. The We One is yet another example of how strong the brotherhood is within the fraternity we know as our golf course industry. The donation by the We One has helped me provide myself and my family with financial security to not have to worry about my health bills. Uh, I've been back at work since April, and I'm one of the lucky ones who now has a new lease on life and good prognosis for the future. But with multiple myeloma still on the list of incurable cancers, I will have to rely on a regular regimen of oral chemo to keep these numbers at bay and manageable numbers until discoveries may lead to total remission. The most important part, folks, the reason I'm reading this letter is this paragraph right here. In closing, there are so many people I need to thank, but today is my opportunity to thank all of you in capitals for your participation, contributions, and dedication to the We One Foundation. I'm proud to say that I'm now a foundation member myself, and I hope my donations will touch future recipients in the same way that I have been touched. Again, in all caps and bold, feel good about what you're doing and know that your generosity is going to benefit individuals and families who are going to deal with the same obstacles and hurdles that I and my family have had to contend with during this journey. May God bless you and your families in good health and years to come. Mr. Michael Hayes. I just want to say kudos for reading that. I wouldn't have been able to read that without getting choked up. It's tough. So um, I consider Michael a personal friend. This job is challenging. Whether they're friends or not in this role, there's certain times where you find yourselves at funerals in hospital rooms, in places with families that you've never met. And it's our role to represent an industry. And so uh, it may be the toughest days that I have as an executive director where I lose it on site, but it's also the most proud moments that I have when I reflect back on it, Alan, because after what I've been through, I'm still trying to find my place in life. And to know that we can help folks like this makes me think that that's what I'm doing and that we're going in the right direction. So certainly helps. Um. Anything else you want to add to today? We've talked about potatoes, and we've talked about the importance of life. Well, I do want to thank Mr. Garrett Lofto, man. He's a good dude, and I apologize for being so raw and unedited back then. Hey, man, I think it's shown our growth, and I think just as similar to what we're doing with the with the We One. Um, we know that it helps people. We know that here in the Carolinas it's impacted at least five or six of our members, and every time we say that there's an impact, it's a $10,000 impact. Yeah. Um, so let's get together. Let's get organized, and let's us as the Carolinas – um, do our part and start funding this organization so that they can help many more members. Well, it's certainly cool being here. Thank you all for having me. Uh, thank you to Garrett Lofton. And we can remind everybody they can join the Carolinas, whether they're living in North and South Carolina or not. Correct. Doesn't matter where you live, around the world, around the country. Join the Carolinas. Join We One. Um, support yeah. all those that support the show. And I think it's just an amazing opportunity where we've got a platform that's been created now and that will allow us to carry on messages such as this in perpetuity, because this is something where Michael's letter can be played for others after the fact, even after we're gone, I dare say, yeah. by being saved in digital history. So, Yep, and that's what we're all here for, man. Anything else you want to add, man? We got a little serious at the end. We're supposed to be entertainment and education. Yeah, no, listen to – you're already listening. Follow Pulling Weeds on Twitter, Pulling underscore Weeds, and on Facebook, the Pulling Weeds podcast. And if you ever need a fourth on your Captain's Choice team that cannot make a putt during a day, call Alan Knight, folks, just like he was today. Hit the ball great, never put the ball in the hole.
I did hit it okay, and I put it. Well, I didn't put okay, but I never hold out. I just think it's great that Mr. Connolly, after every putt that you missed, said that was a perfect putt, and all I had to do was say, if it was perfect, it wouldn't have went in. But you, Alan hit a lot of perfect putts today that never went in. You gotta have thick skin to deal with Chuck Conley. I believe it's called the lathroposition process that I learned in my former career. It's called the thickening of your skin. I've played twice in two. two my, my last two rounds were with Chuck Conley, and. Uh, I don't know if we're ever going to play again. And I don't know if y'all can hear him in the background. We told him to be quiet, but he's over there whispering, holding court at the bar. He's 30 feet away, and you can still hear him. So I do want to say I got to meet Wally Gresham today, and that was kind of cool. Wally? Yeah. With bulk. Yep, bulk uh, aggregate. If I was going to buy sand, it'd be through him. That, well, I tried to, but couldn't get him to come to the Carolinas. Thanks, Rob, and your team. I appreciate you being here at the We Won today along with Wally. I felt like I've known him after listening to Joe Galata's podcast, Talking Greenkeeper. I really felt like I knew who Joe, who Wally was. And uh, he has no idea who I am, but he was cool. Oh, he knows Big Al. Everybody knows Big Al. <laughs> I mean, you're, I dare say, turf celebrity status now. Just okay. because you're bigger than everyone. Wait till you see my Lego. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all I got to say, Ben, if you're listening... Can I get some regular-sized legs? Because I'm not that small compared to Alan, but I love being a Lego. Shout out to Ben McGraw, man. Turf Lego, don't forget him either. Thank, thank you for listening to Pulling Weeds. We will see you again on the first with Michael Shound from McConnell Golf. McConnell Golf, yeah. Director of Agronomy over all 42,3863,000 of their properties. No, but it's cool. That guy's in it for the right reason. Oh, without question. He's like been an employee for a long time, and that shows why. I'm not talking about Michael Shannon. I'm talking about Mr. McConnell. Oh, He's not sorry. just buying properties to make money. He is preserving golf. He's a golf nut. I think it's phenomenal, especially when you look at an old Ross course like Raleigh that would have been left in the dust, and he's taking it to another level. See you next time. Thank you. Pulling weeds. Hey, and don't forget, folks, pull the weeds for your neighbors. Don't go pushing it on them. Oh. Thank you for listening to Pullin' Weeds Off Course. To join the Carolinas GCSA and become a member, visit carolinasgcsa.org or call 1-800-476-4272. Follow us on Twitter at Pullin' underscore Weeds and on Facebook at Pullin' Weeds Podcast. All Charged Up has been providing golf courses with Motorola Solutions two-way radios for years at prices you can afford. Whether you need communication for your clubhouse, event staff, or golf course, All Charged Up can provide a solution best fit for your needs. They strive to provide unmatched service, offering product demos, custom programming, and technical assistance over the phone at 888-560-0758. You can also visit them on the web at radiosforgolf.com.